I'm going to pray and then we're going to jump into faith fundamentals. Let me tell you this, what I think you ought to do. I think you ought to grab you a fresh sheet of paper. I think you ought to, one of the things that um, we know is that I know a lot of you type notes, but there is a lot of research that tells us that our brain processes information when we actually write the notes out. And we're going to be talking about something that is familiar to you, but just because it is familiar doesn't mean you know how to walk in the revelation of it. So I want you to treat it today like you've never heard it before and really just be a student of this teaching. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you hear us when we pray. Mm -hmm. I thank you that because we have accepted Jesus, we have the right to come boldly to the throne of grace. I thank you that we have received the spirit of truth who leads us into all understanding. And so we thank you that the Holy Spirit here is present today to prune, to correct, to instruct, to direct, to lead to God and to cause us to be and to walk in everything that you have ordained over our lives. We thank you that anytime the word goes forth that we see here and understand and we shall be converted. We thank you that we can put a demand on our expectation that there is a conversion every time we hear the word. We don't hear the word and not do it. We are hearers and doers of the word. And as a result, we experience the fruit of the word in our lives. Now, as we dive into this faith fundamental teaching over the next several weeks. Father, we ask for clarity. We ask for revelation, wisdom, and insight. We ask that every place that we have walked in doubt and unbelief that it would be exposed and light would come. Every place that we have walked in foolishness and presumption that truth would come and we would be established in that truth and we would walk in faith for the rest of our days. In Jesus' name, Jesus name. Amen. amen. I want everybody to start off by putting this in the comments. I am a person of great faith. I am a person of great faith. And I need y'all to share this because every believer needs to know how to walk by faith. Yeah, we have We're, 76 people on and 26 shares. So 50 more people need to share. Yes, one time. That, that means some of y'all <laughs> haven't shared, right? I am a person of great faith. This is the confession that I make about myself. This is not based on what I feel. This is based on what the word has said about me. Now, I want to set this up. And I thought that this was, I always ask God to give me an example. And I got that from you, babe. I got that from you that people remember examples sometimes when they don't remember the text, mm -hmm. right? So I want to give y'all an example from my own life about how you can be in proximity to something, but not have revelation of it. Like you guys, I started to learn my numbers when I was one, two, or three years old because that's what parents do. They say they're ABCs. They say they're numbers. Just like you guys, I started learning simple math. I went to kindergarten. I went through the grades, all of this different stuff. But at some point, I misunderstood. I say I was mistaught because one year we had a our, our math teacher did not return. And what ended up happening is that we had a long-term sub who was certified in history my entire fifth grade year. And I believe, based on being married to a teacher, talking to Ralph, who, who teaches math, that that is really where I got off fundamentally in math. Now, I want you to understand this. I get off in fundamentally in math in the fifth grade. What I learned now, I learned there's something called... Um, Please excuse my dear Aunt Sally. Is that right, babe? Please excuse my dear Aunt Sally, right? Almost didn't get it right. Now, I'm going somewhere with this, right? Now, anybody who is good at math knows that that is a fundamental understanding 
that you must have to the order of operations. How many of you know that if you're good at math? Anybody who is not good at math, you probably got the same little panic I got in my stomach right now. Like, let's not make this too, um, let, let's not start talking about math right now. Even though I got off in the fifth grade, how many of you know I still had to take math in the sixth grade? How many of you know I still had to take math in the seventh grade? I was an honor student, guys. I was in algebra one. I was in algebra two. I was in trig. I was in geometry. How many of you know that it is possible to be sitting in a class and be familiar with the terms, but not have the revelation to implement? How many of you also know, I, I talk about this all the time, that I would always feel like I understood what was happening when we were in class. It would be when I was by myself that I would have trouble. Now, here's the problem. Because my fundamental understanding is flawed, I am working problems and getting the wrong answer. So I don't really even know how bad I, I, okay, I know I'm bad at math, but I think I'm bad at math because we also, I'm 51. So during that time, we also had teachers that would say, boys are good at math and girls are good at English. If you're not good at math, it's okay. You can still be good at English. So then I also began to take on an identity that wasn't true. The identity was, is that because I was a girl, I could not be good at math, that I had to be good in English. And so I also did not do anything to correct the error that I had in math. Let me tell y'all something. Y'all, I was so flawed in my basic understanding of math. I only had to take two math classes to graduate from college. One of them was college algebra. Here is my full confession. I took college algebra and dropped it at least seven times. Why? Because there would get to a point in the, in, in the beginning, I would really understand. Oh, but when we got to that place where, where I had a flawed understanding of the order of operations and how it worked, it would get overwhelming. And I would really be sitting there doing my homework, y'all. I would be done put all of my work and how many of you know, if you know anything about how math is set up and how exams are set up, that typically if you get a wrong answer for making a mistake, that wrong answer is one of the multiple choice, which is why you really feel like you got this. And I would get my papers back and them papers would be marked up red. And so at least seven times I had to withdraw from college algebra and take it again. It is not until we have kids and, we, and I need to be able to help them from math. And one day Edwin is sitting down with me and he says to me, oh, that's the problem. Your fundamental understanding is wrong. Do you remember that? Sort of. Sort of. It, it was a big deal to me because it because some of you, you feel like your faith doesn't work. And it's not that your faith doesn't work. It is that you have a flawed understanding of the order of operations. So I had to be willing to relearn everything that I know. Guys, every time, you know, when people put on Facebook, that little math problem or Instagram, that math problem, I do it every single time. 
I cannot tell you how many times I've got that problem wrong. I cannot tell you how many times I have got that gotten that problem wrong, but I kept working because now I understood I wasn't getting it wrong because I was stupid. I wasn't getting it wrong because I wasn't supposed to understand it. I was getting it wrong because I had to tear up the wrong understanding I had. Yesterday, a, pro a, a problem came up and I got the problem right. And anytime I get the problem right, I'm going to send it to Pastor Edwin. I'm, I'm going to send it to Pastor Edwin. And he said, yes, you got it right. And I was like, I know my answer is right because I worked the problem and saw that you had answered it and we had the same answer. Now, this says to me, not only do I need the correct order of operations, but I also need to learn how to follow someone who through faith and patience knows how to get the answer. So today, if you have felt like that you have struggled with faith, I have prayed for things, they don't come to pass. I believe God for a job, nothing happens. I pray for my marriage, breakthrough doesn't come. And just like when I used to do in algebra, when I got the answer right, I was shocked. But, and, and I couldn't duplicate it. If you have ever felt that way, or you're just thinking, man, I want to go to the next level in my faith. I am asking you to approach this teaching as though you have never heard faith before so that if something in your order of operations is wrong, if something in your understanding is wrong, you can correct it and walk in faith the way God wants you to. Amen. So I was like, man, that is such a powerful example for me. Do I have any other people in here that have struggled with math and you know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about when it's time to balance those equations? You need to understand that there is a way to balance the faith equation, but you have to get the order of operations right, which means that you have to be willing to say that it is possible that I have been in church for years. I have heard the scriptures for years, but I do not know how to appropriately apply them. So that's what we're working on today. Is this resonating with anybody? Let me see a one if this is resonating for you. Now, those of you who are already good at math and math is natural for you, those you should be praying for the, for the people who it isn't. Just like those of you who have a fundamental understanding of faith, you should have a you should be praying for the other people because the truth of it is is that for me sometimes I, it, I would have so much anxiety before I started the process that it would be my own anxiety that would cause me to miss the problem. I would skip a step. I would I would move out of order. I would do something because I was more convinced about my inability to learn the order of operation than my ability to learn it. And so I believe that this is going to be game changer for many of us. So in faith fundamentals, we are going to look to answer three important questions. Number one, what is faith? Number two, how do we develop faith? And number three, how do we use our faith or how do we turn our faith loose in our lives, right? So we're using lots of scripture because you're going to find out that faith only comes from hearing the word of God. What is faith? Let's look at Hebrews 11 and 1. We're going to look at it in three translations. 
Hebrews 11 and 1, it tells us, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. There's a translation I like called the Moffat translation. It says, now faith means we are confident of what we hope for, convinced of what we do not see. We're confident of what we hope for, convinced of what we do not see. Now, the New English translation of this same scripture tells us, now faith is being sure of what we hope for, being convinced of what we do not see, right? So, babe, when we look at this, when we look at the various translations, what are the different words that we see how faith is described? You know, it talks about, you know, faith being things like substance, uh, it talks about it being our conviction. It talks about it being our confidence. I love one translation said it's the title deed. It's the title deed. Uh, it, which means it's my assurance. It's my evidence. It is uh, my, my confirmation or my reality. Faith is proof. Faith is real. Faith is now. When we talk about what is faith, faith is not a hope for some futuristic endeavor. Faith is tangible. Faith is what I possess right now. Uh, you know, it, when it says that faith is the substance of the thing hoped for, it didn't say that faith is the thing hoped for. Mm, mm -hmm. It says that faith is the substance. So I have to, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm believing for healing, if I'm believing for restoration in a relationship, if I'm believing for promotion, if I'm believing for, for, for something financial, that is the thing that's hoped for. My faith is what I have to possess to ever get me there. That's good. And, and, it's, and, and, and I think about it, and, and we'll, we'll talk about it, I know, later, probably in step three, but I think it's a good setup right now to say it. When we think about what is faith, you have to think about Faith as a substance, as a thing, as a title deed, as an assurance, confidence. Think about it. Think about it like this. Faith is a thing, right? And in order for your faith to get you to what you're hoped for, it needs a vehicle. Okay. So if you think about, think about this being a vehicle, this is my apparatus. Okay. Because this is how Holy Spirit said it to me. He said, submission to his lordship is the apparatus that faith rides in. Oh, that's good. And love is the thing that fuels the apparatus. So think about it like a car. You get in a car and it doesn't matter how expensive that car is, if it's a if it's a if it's a gas car that doesn't have gas in it, it won't go. So love is the thing that makes the car go. But the car is not going to go anywhere if you're not sitting in it. It has to have an occupant. Faith is the occupant. So faith is the thing that sits in the apparatus that's going to take me to where the thing I'm hoping for. But it doesn't happen without submission. And so I say that to say that as we are teaching faith fundamentals, I need people to remember it doesn't matter how much you learn these principles. It doesn't matter how much you can regurgitate these principles. You may say, oh, I know the ABCs of faith. Ask, believe, confess. All of that is great. 
But if your faith does not have an apparatus, if it does not have a vehicle to take you where you need to go, and if that vehicle is not fueled by love, the love of God being that God loves me so much, he would not lie to me. So whatever he's told me, I can trust in that, then I'll never get to my destination, even if I know all these principles. No, this is really good. And it's funny because we talk about this all the time. And I want you to put this in the, I want you to find your way of communicating this in the comments. We can never be talking about Bible faith and not be talking about obedience. Mm -hmm. We could never be talking about Bible faith and not be talking about obedience. Mm -hmm. Now, when we get into the things that faith is not, you're going to understand exactly what we mean by this. But you can never, ever, ever be talking about Bible faith and not be talking about obedience. Mm -hmm. Faith is expressed by obedience. Yeah. You, you, it's, 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 and when we talk about obedience, we're it's the same word, submission. submission. If you don't submit to the lordship of Jesus Christ, you do not have a vehicle for your faith to move. Come on. And that is the thing that people need to get. You can know the principles, but it begins with you having a submission to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, a.k.a. obedience to God. It is the thing that allows your faith to have a vehicle to move to get you to the thing that you hope for. That's really it becomes good. your substance. That's really good. Listen, you need to share this, babe, because this is good. Now, we're going to give you a working definition, and I want you to hear me. Sometimes when we're trying to learn something, babe, I've learned so much from you being an educator all these years. One of the things that I have learned from you is how important it is to implement with fidelity. We're going to give you a definition and we want this definition. We're actually going to give you two definitions and we want them to be working definitions for you. What do we mean by this? What do we mean by this? We don't want you to modify the words in the definition. We want, it's just like this. There are, what is the vision or the mission statement of Fellowship of Champions? This is a church teaching you to do what? Walk in love, live by faith, and experience God's prosperity in every area of life. There are a lot of ways you can say that. But saying it in the consistent way helps bring everybody on the same page. So we are using a working definition to bring everybody on the same page page here is our working definition of faith okay faith is a supernatural force belief or power from god given to the believer to bring the will of god into the earth that is our working definition of faith faith is a supernatural force belief power from God given to the believer to bring the will of God into earth. Now, if you look at this definition, it gives us everything we need to know about faith. Faith is what? Supernatural. Supernatural. Faith comes from who? God. God. Faith is given to who? The believer. the believer. And the purpose of faith is to do what? Bring the will, bring of, God the will of God into the mm -hmm. earth. Faith is a supernatural force. Y'all type that. Go ahead and type it. Faith is a supernatural force, belief, power from God given to the believer to bring the will of God into the earth. So as a believer, I cannot use my faith for something that's not the will of God. Because that's extremely important because the purpose of faith 
is to bring the will of God into the earth. Not my desires. Not my desires. Not my lust. No, nope, not my wants, not my cravings, not the things that I conjure up or I see somebody else having, because it may be the will of God for certain things to be in your life and not the will of God for certain things to be in my life. Come on. And so I have to make sure that when I'm understanding this definition, I am saying that, yes, faith is supernatural. It comes from God. It is for me, designed to bring God's will to pass in my life in the earth. That's how that's how I frame that definition for me. Yes. That that's what it is. That, that my faith is a substance. It is a supernatural substance. It comes from God. It is for me. Faith is for me, but it has a purpose. And the purpose of that faith is so that it will bring God's will for my life to pass in this earth. Yes. And this is so important because I think when we talk about the order of operations, this is where many believers have gotten off. Mm -hmm. If your definition of faith does not include that the purpose of this supernatural power is to bring the will of God, the will into of God, God the will of God <laughs> I can't into that the earth. I literally, I got this definition. I asked the Lord, I said, give me something that encompasses all the facets of faith into it, right? Because you're going to see as we get into this, this is a point of clarity for many people. Many people have been frustrated. They have been disappointed. They have operated in foolishness, presumption. They have been offended at God over things that were never his will because you wanted it. Now, let me stop and give you uh, and no, I want to use this. I want to use. I want to use an example of Canaan, but I want to hold it. Now let's look at Genesis one, one through three. Okay, faith is the reality of God that changes natural facts. Faith does not deny the existence of fa facts. Faith declares that God's truth is higher than those facts. Faith is the reality of God. The power of God, the assurance of God, the, the substance of God, power. the supernatural power of God that changes natural facts. Faith does not deny the existence of facts. Faith simply declares that God's truth is higher than those facts. Listen, now, what does Genesis 1 tell us about this? Because from the beginning, God says this in motion for us. In Genesis 1, 1 through 3, it says, in the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters and God said, let there be light and there was light. This is the order of operations of faith. God created the earth. Theologians tell us that between verse one and verse two, that is when Satan got banned from heaven, got kicked out for trying to overthrow God. He looks out. God comes to the earth. What does it tell us about the earth? It tells us that the earth is without form. The earth is void and darkness is over the face of the deep. And then the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit hovers over the face of the water, which means that the Holy Spirit can see what that is without form. That is void and it's dark. And then it says, and God did what? He said. He said. And what did God say? Let there be light. So 
God didn't say it's dark out here. He did not. God didn't say, look how the devil tore up our world. He did not. God did not say, look how the devil destroyed our world. God didn't say, look how the devil is so busy tearing up. And every time I make progress, he knocking me. It says, and God said what? Let there. Let there be, be light. Let there be. Let there be. And there was, was light. Let there be and there was. Let there be and there was. I think the Hebrew says that it actually says light be. Mm -hmm. He stepped out. He saw that it was dark. He saw that it was void. He saw that it was formed. But he did not talk about it. He talked to it. Yeah, that's good. He did not talk about it. He talked yeah, to it. Yeah. That That is, that, it, it may take you a minute to let that really, really sink in. But when that becomes revelation to you, it changes how you speak. Yes. It changes how you speak to your circumstances. It changes how you, how you speak to your situations. It changes your attitude and perception of how you see things. You are no longer concerned about what you see with your natural eyes or what you can interact with with your five senses. It becomes about God's truth. Uh, I, I got the I, I actually got the revelation of Genesis one through three, not from Genesis one through three. I got it because I heard an example that made so much sense to me that when we talk about this, I always share it in addition to this because it may help somebody. And the example was: it says, imagine someone's arm is broke, right? And you come up, and, and someone comes up to them, and they say, "Hey." Is your arm broke? And their response is, my arm is healed. And when I first heard that, I thought, well, but your arm's not healed because it's in a cast. And then, and, and then, it, and then for whatever reason, it dawned on me, oh, wait, they're not denying the existence of the fact that their arm is broke. What they are doing is speaking God's truth, which is higher than the facts. The fact is my arm is, the, the, there is a fact that this arm is broke, but the truth is I'm healed. And so when I got, when, when, when I, when, 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 I don't even know who used that example and taught me that, but when I learned that, I thought that makes all the difference. When I see a problem or a situation in my life, I can't spend so much time identifying with the problem, even though the problem may be 100% facts. I got to deal with truth. And truth is what God says. And so when I, so if I'm going to operate in faith, it's never about keeping it real because keeping it real is just facts. But if I'm going to, if I'm going to be in faith, it's about keeping it truth because truth is what God says. I love it. Pull up Keidra's comment. Keidra's comment had a great thing from this. Is this helping you guys? He said, He's now. This is the revelation Kedron is getting from Genesis one. Mm -hmm. He didn't even acknowledge the thing that went against his word. But how much time do we spend acknowledging something that is opposite of what God has told us? And in truth, we begin to build our thing, our faith in the thing that is against what God said, because we keep meditating on the thing that is against what God said. And whatever you meditate on grows in your life. Whatever you pay the most attention to becomes the most prominent thing in your life. And so what happens is the enemy understands that. 
So his job, you have to know this when it comes to, to the fight of faith, his job is always to get you to focus off of what God said and on what you can see in the natural. Because if he can get you to focus on what you can see in the natural, that's as high as you can live. All right. Now, can anybody see? Because the Bible tells us we don't have this scripture, but the Bible tells us don't be ignorant of Satan's devices. Mm -hmm. Can anybody now see? Can the enemy be exposed in your life that you can now see? You have heard a word from God. You believe the word that you heard from God. And then the enemy began to play in your circumstances to get you to disagree with God so he could bring his will to pass in your life instead of the will of God. See, because the Bible said the thief be called, he must repay. But you got to catch him first. You got to understand that when you make a decision to believe God for something, that the job of the enemy is to create as much chaos as he can to get you to disagree with God and agree with him so he can bring his facts and keep his facts dominant in your life. And this, brothers and sisters, is indication that your faith works. That's indication. Come on. It's indication Come that on. your faith works. The enemy knows that we have all been given a measure of faith. The, he, he, the measure of faith. He knows that you have faith. And because you have faith, he has to get you to participate with him in the same way you will participate with God. You have to see it and believe it and confess it before it ever manifests in your life. And that is what he's trying to get you to do when he's trying to get you to focus on the things that you can see and touch and smell and taste and everything with your five senses. And in fact, the enemy knows your faith works so much that he gets you to use your faith to bring his will to pass. Mm -hmm. But see, now he's being exposed. Now, now he's being exposed. So now I understand that when I believe that I receive something, that the job of the enemy is to play in the natural realm, in the realm. The Bible says that he is the God of this earth. So his job is to play in what I can see, play in what I feel, play in what I perceive so that he can get me to break my agreement with God and come into agreement with him. But tell your neighbor, no more. Tell your neighbor, no more. Come on and put that in the comments. Take that by faith. No more. Now let's look at Hebrews 11 and 6 where you're going to get your second definition of faith. Hebrews 11 and 6 tells us without faith, it is impossible to please God. For they that come to him must believe that he is and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. This is our working definition of faith. What is faith? Faith is the belief that God is and he rewards those that diligently seek him. Now, where I think a lot of people get stuck here, especially in the body of Christ, is that everybody in the body of Christ believe God is. But where people struggle is in the second part of the requirement, which is that I must believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So Bible faith says it's not enough for me to say that God is healer. I must say he is healer and he is my healer. He has made me whole. 
It is not enough for me to say that he is Jehovah Jireh. I must say that he is Jehovah Jireh and he is my provider. The belief must be in both of them that he is and he rewards those that diligently seek him. Why does this matter so much? I cannot tell you in 23, 23 years, the number of times that we have heard believers say things like, when I pray for other people, something happens, but nothing happens when I pray for myself. It means you don't believe the second part of the prayer. I sow seeds, other people get harvest, but I never get harvest. That is an indication that you do believe that God is, but you don't believe God is that for you. You must believe that God is both who he says and he is who he says for you. Yeah. And I think I think another part of that, too, is for us not to not to get intellectually lazy with the second part of that. Come on. And thinking that it's just about I believe God's a healer and he's a healer for me. OK, you believe God's a healer and a healer for you. But have you submitted to him? Because the part that we sometimes leave out is this diligently seeking him part is not just about how much you beg it. It's Dil not, it's, it's, it's the, the, the diligently seeking him is everything he referenced to a lifestyle of submission to him. That, 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 we, we, that we put ourselves in servitude to the Lord. Come on. And I don't think we deal with that part enough. That we don't talk enough about the fact that I, I, I have been made free and but through Jesus Christ so that I can choose to, again, be his bondservant. When, when I submit myself in that manner, that is the diligently seeking after him part that we don't always deal with. You are 100% correct in the idea of I must believe God's a healer and I must believe God's a healer for me. But now what do I do with that? Does my lifestyle line up to what I say I'm believing, what I say about him? Come because on. if it doesn't, then I get frustrated because I'm saying to myself, well, I believe God's a healer. I believe God will heal me. Yeah, but what does your lifestyle look like in terms of when, 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 when God says to believe you receive? You're still saying, I, I hope he'll heal me. I believe I'm gonna be healed one day. But but you're, so you're so you're not lining those two things up. So we don't want to become intellectually lazy when we read this and just think, oh, I got to beg God a whole bunch. That's no. not what that scripture is saying at all. It says without faith, without the substance, without us having a vehicle to carry us to where we need to be. It says without faith, it becomes impossible to please God. Why? Because God's gonna only answer us through faith. God only answers through faith. It is God. Put that it, it, in the comments. God only answers through faith. And, 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 and here's how you know this is true. If you, if you follow this out, the Bible tells us that it is God's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. He, God wants to give us everything we need that pertains to what? Life and godliness. godliness. It's his desire. Teach that me. pleases Teach. him. So in order for us to stop him being pleased, we have to operate outside of faith. That's why he says without it, without faith, without the substance, without the title deed to the thing you're hoping for, you, God can't please you, even though it's his desire to please you. It says because we have to know that God is who he says he is and that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him for those who believe that he is a healer 
that he is a healer for them and their lifestyle lives that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Are y'all seeing some correction come to that? You, it, it, it's, this is not a time to beat yourself up. This is the time to go, ah, that's the thing I didn't get. Mm -hmm. That's the thing I didn't understand. Now, listen to this. The second part of that says he is, mm -hmm. and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. If I am diligently seeking him, then one of the things that I will learn is that faith is always in the present. Always. Faith is always in the it present. If you go back to Hebrews 11 and 1, which are the foundational texts for faith, it says faith is now. Faith is now. So I understand that when I am saying God is going to do something, I do not have a revelation of how he rewards those who diligently seek him. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to give y'all an example. This is something that happened the other day when I was talking to George, because I want you to know that all of you have this kind of faith. If you're a born again believer, put a one in the comment, put a one in the comment, because I want you to know you already have this kind of faith. You already have it. The other day I'm talking to Jordan. I'm trying to teach them the fundamental and the fundamentals of faith. And I say to Jordan, I say, Jordan, how do you know you are saved? And Jordan says to me, because I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. I said, Jordan, when you accepted Jesus, did Jesus come and get you and take you to heaven to show it you that heaven was real? She said, no. I said, how do you know heaven is real? She said, because Jesus said it. I said, how do you know you're saved? She said, because Jesus said that if I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth, I am saved. Every one of you know how to believe something you have not yet seen in the natural. Absolutely. You, every one of us knows if you are a born again believer, you can only be a born again believer because you heard the word that said that you were a sinner in need of saving and that God sent Jesus to be the appropriation of your sins. And that if you believed in your heart in the finished work of Christ and confessed with your mouth in the finished work of Christ, that you were saved. You now live your life with an expectation. With born again believers, where do you believe you are going when you die? I'm going to heaven. When you transition, where do you believe you are going? Boom. Heaven, just like that. But did God show you heaven when you accepted Jesus? Most people did not. And nobody went there physically, even if you had a vision or a dream. So every believer knows how to do this. Go ahead. Uh, no, I was just going to say, the fact of the matter is you don't even need faith for what you can interact with with your five senses. I won't get into all that, but you but you, you mentioned that you don't need faith for what you you don't, you don't need faith for what you can see. If, if I can if I can touch this computer screen, I don't need faith for it. Faith is what you need for what you can't see, which is why I have faith in going to heaven. I can't see it, but I got faith in it. Okay. Pop quiz then. Okay. okay. How many of you, if you believe that you can see Pastor Edwin and I on this screen, put a three in the comments. If you believe that you can see us on this screen right now, put a three in the comments. I believe I can see Pastor Edwin and Pastor Sean on this screen right now.
All right. Now let's fix something. Let's fix something. To those of you who put a three, you are wrong. You are wrong. And Amy just told you why you're wrong. Come on, Amy, put Amy's comment up there, Ralph. Because I see you takes no belief. Come on, Kedron. You know you can see me. You don't need belief. You don't need faith for what you know. You know you can see me. You are not seeing me through the eyes of faith. You are seeing me through your natural ear, eyes. You are not hearing me through your voice, your ears of faith. You are hearing me through your natural ears. You do not need faith for what you can see. It is the reason that God has given you the measure of faith to bring what you cannot see in the natural into your reality. Is that helping y'all? Because remember that working definition is that faith is a supernatural power. It's a supernatural force, right? That comes from God. And it is for you as a believer to do what? Bring the will of God to pass in the earth. Okay, I know y'all feel like y'all in faith school, but how many y'all can see that you need faith school? Let's write our definition again. Faith is a supernatural force. Belief, power from God given to the believer to bring the will of God into the earth. I do not need faith for what my five senses can observe. I don't need Bible faith for that. I don't need a supernatural force for what I can see. Is this helping us? All right. So the so our so our first definition is faith is a supernatural force, belief power from God given to the believer to bring the will of God into the earth. Our second definition is that faith is the belief that God is and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So I can always judge in my own life. Do I believe who God is? Number 2, Am I a person who believes he rewards those who diligently seek him? Number three, am I diligently seeking him? Is this helping y'all? Now we're going to talk about some things that faith is not. Babe, you got number one. You're going to so, do the all, even. So, all. Let's, so let's talk about what faith is not. Number one, faith is not hope. Those are two different things. Um, hope anchors our souls our mind, our will, our emotions, our imagination, our intellect. My hope in Jesus is what anchors me. My faith in Jesus is what gets me what God has promised. That's good. So hope is a feeling of expectation. It is the thing that, that, that anchors me and keeps me going. Hope fuels my faith, but faith is my belief in God, whereas hope is a feeling, okay? Hope is a feeling. And that's why we don't we don't live by our feelings. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. So then faith is, is, is not hope. My hope to see what God said should always be birthed from the belief that God is faithful to his word. What do I mean by that? We say this all the time. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Once I know the will of God for my life, that is the substance. I know what God said. Now, hope can be birthed from that. Why? 
because I know that God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent for anything. If God said it, shall it not come to pass? So even while I'm walking out this life and things don't seem to be happening for me, my hope in Christ and who he is and the word that he gave me settles my soul. That's good. My mind, my will, my emotions, my imagination and my intellect so that my faith doesn't waver. What is my faith? The thing that God told me. Whatever God told me, that is my faith. That is where the that is where faith begins, where the will of God is known. I know God said, go here. So I'm going to go here. And no matter what I go through, hope is just going to keep me going because I know I believe what I already received. Oh, that's really good. That's how faith and hope That's works. really good. One of the distinctions I want y'all to understand here is that hope is a feeling. Yes. And faith is a supernatural force. So I can have faith. In fact, I can have faith when there is no reason to hope. The Bible tells me that in Romans 4 that hope. Abraham, Abraham hoped against hope. Against hope. Yes. What does hope against hope mean? He don't have anything in the natural that says that what God has said to him is a possibility. But he takes what God has said to him and he reshapes his world. Because he... The, the hope Come he, on, guys. the, the hope the hope that Abram had okay to be the father of many nations that hope that he had God gave him a word okay that's his faith you're gonna be the father of many nations the hope that he had that that would be his reality caused him to have corresponding action with his faith that's what hope is necessary for hope is necessary so that you have corresponding action that will move you in the direction of the thing you say you've already received because now now he was wrong in the way that he did it at first but but he kept hoping against hope even when he had ishmael that wasn't that wasn't a promise but his hope led him to having isaac which was the promise this is really good let's see let, let's see if we can break this down for you um pastor chris just told us hope is the feeling of expectation now i want you to think about this where is your expectation coming from? Because wherever your expectation is coming from is going to control your feelings. So is it coming from your bank account? So is your expectation from coming your education? from your education, from your credit score? Is your expectation coming from that the doctor gave you a good report? Is your expectation coming because they're making new reforms and new policies? Or is your expectation coming from what God says? Yes. From what God says. Because, because in, in with Bible faith, that's where your hope should be birthed out of. Because remember, we talked about that. We, that we, we said that hope, we said that hope should be birthed from belief that God is faithful to his word. Well, what did God say? Whatever God said, that's where my hope should be birthed from. Now, you know, we go use it because anytime we talk about faith, we got to talk about Jordan. Our hope that Jordan would talk came from the word God gave us that Jordan would talk, not what the doctor said. And it was the reason that we were able to implement the things that God said, even when the doctors disagree. It is why we were able to remain in a position of expectation, even when we didn't see things happening as fast as we would like. Come on, come on. 
because that that, that helps you. Your hope keeps you in expectation as your faith is taking you to the promise. But listen to this. If my hope is in what the doctor says, I only believe God when the doctor's report is aligning to God. Mm -hmm. If my hope is in what the creditor says, I only believe God when the creditor's report is agreeing with God. No, I am supposed to use what God said to bend reality. I am supposed to use what God said to say that right. in the natural, they say, this is the most that we can do. This is the most that we can do. And then God says, this is the most that I can do. I now get hopeful based on what God said, regardless to what anybody else is saying. And that's the reason we always say that when you're walking in faith, you go look stupid to people. You go look irritating to people. You're going to aggravate people. You're going to look arrogant and you're going to get on people's nerves until you get manifestation, mm -hmm. until you get manifestation. So faith is not hope, but hope is important. But where is your hope anchored? I like what Pastor Ralph said. He said that hope on anything other than the word becomes Ooh. a roller coaster as news changes. Now y'all ought to put we, that in y'all notes. And we know that news changes frequently and quickly. And, and the, the, the start market can be up on Monday and down on Wednesday. And if you if you live your life with your hope on anything other than what God has said, other than his word, you are subjected to a roller coaster lifestyle. Can you see that in your own life? Can you walk through your own life and see that the times that you have put your hope in something other than put that definition back up because I want everybody to get that in their notes. That it that anytime I put my hope in something other than the word. Many of you, you've done it with your marriage. You come to us. We say, you say, I believe that God told me my, this is the person I'm supposed to be married with. And you, you know, when you believe it, you believe it when things when look things like they're are, getting better. Good, uh -huh. You believe it when it looks like things yep. are getting good. Yep. But the moment things get crazy, yep. now what happens? Your feelings are on a roller coaster. So think about how good God is. God not only gave us faith, to bring the supernatural into the natural, God gave us faith to anchor our emotions mm -hmm. so that the enemy could not use what we see to toss us to and fro. Mm -hmm. Tell your neighbor, he's a good God. Think about that. He is such a good God. He says, I'm going to give you my word. Hang on to my word, regardless to what you see, so that everything you see isn't controlling how you feel. So faith is not hope. Type that in the comment section. Faith is not hope. Now, hope ain't bad. Hope but, ain't bad. But faith ain't it. <laughs> faith is not hope. There are two separate things, and you need to know how both of them function. Oh, it's so good to know that faith anchors my emotions. Mm -hmm. Faith anchors my emotions. Number two, faith is not mental assent. Y'all, this is so important, especially in a smart with a smart group of people who've been to school a lot. Mental assent is intellectual agreement, but faith believes with the heart. Yeah. Example, I'm going to give you a very plain example. I can mentally assent, I can know and agree that water is good for me. 
But until it translates into a belief, conviction, or reality that causes me to actually drink water, I only have mental assent. Do you see that? How many of you know water is good for you? And how many of you still don't drink enough water? You're not in faith regarding water. You just have mental assent regarding water, which is the reason that if someone says to you, hey, Sean, you should drink more water. What do you say? I, I know. I know. I, I know. I, I know. I know. I know. I should. You don't have a conviction because people who have conviction actually drink water. Yeah. The other one is this. I can know and agree that Jesus is Lord. But if I don't believe in my heart and confess with my mouth, I am able to regurgitate facts that have not taken conviction in me. Right. So faith is not mental assent. And I believe that people struggle, especially smart people, especially people who have been in church for a long time, is that because you can finish the text. Because you know what the scripture is going to say. You think you have a heart conversion. But a heart conversion or a conviction is always going to change what you say and what you do. No, I mean, I mean, you said it all. You don't want to just be mentally ascending to the word of God. It wants to become revelation for you. Yes. How do we know it becomes revelation? It's like if you tell your kids, hey, I need you to put the trash out. And they go, I know. You go. I don't know that you know that because if you know why it ain't done. why the trash ain't out. And so again, faith is not mental sin. And then number three, faith is not, which is different than number two, is not sense realm knowledge or human faith. It is not sense realm knowledge or human faith. Human faith is the kind of faith that we see expressed by that what we call Doubting Thomas uh, in John chapter 20. In John chapter 20, verse 24 through 25, we find the account where the disciples were telling Thomas that, hey, we saw Jesus. He's, he's back. And Thomas, the Bible says, who's one of the 12 uh, who wasn't with them when Jesus actually showed himself to them. Uh, the other disciples therefore said unto him, we've seen the Lord. Jesus is back. But Thomas said unto them, and I notice his language here. Thomas says, because this is sense realm knowledge. This is human faith. Sense realm knowledge says what makes sense, what is what is accounted for by science, mm. or, or what, what, what I can see with my natural senses. Mm. Thomas says, except I see, right? That's this is sense realm knowledge, except I see in his hands, sense realm knowledge, the print of the nails. And unless I can put my finger, touch my finger into the print of his nails right and then thrust my hand notice how many sense rim things thomas needs he says into his side here's the last part i, I will, will not, not believe. believe believing is a choice believing is a choice the disciples had told other people jesus was back and they was like praise the lord well they pray praise the lord but they was like all right he's back right but they tell thomas Someone who's had some knowledge of Jesus, but because he knew Jesus had been crucified, because he knew Jesus was, quote unquote, dead. He said, I choose not to believe what you say unless I have multiple opportunities to interact with it with my five senses. And this is the reason that people can be in church. Absolutely. 
and see miracles. Yes. And some people leave convinced and some people leave saying it's a scam. Yeah, because, I, because the, believing is a choice. It is the reason that some people sow seeds and don't get harvest yep. and some people do. Because believe, can y'all put that in the comments? Believing is a choice. Mm -hmm. You need to understand this. The only way God is going to prove himself to you is by faith. Yeah. God is not going to prove himself to you. Nope. God is not. On, I, in fact, I said to Keyshawn yesterday, she said, be sure to say this. God is not on trial. Right. God is not on trial. And many of us, we want God to be on trial for us, which is the reason that so many of you, every time you have another challenge, you're looking to God like he's on trial to prove himself again. You're choosing to believe something other than God's word. Well, come on. Believing dog. is a choice and you're going to believe something. You're going to believe There something. is no neutrality when it comes to believing. Everybody believes something. You either something. believe or you don't. You either believe or you don't. Believing is a choice. And Thomas set his parameters for what he was going to believe. He said, unless I can take my finger and put my finger in the nail prints of his hand, in fact, I need to take my whole hand and, and stick thrust it in, it his, in side. his side. And he I said, thought, how invasive he, is that? He said, unless I can do that, I'm I, ain't, not gonna believe. I ain't gonna believe. I'm not gonna believe. And 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 when the Lord shows up to him, you keep reading that. When the Lord shows up to him, he then says to Thomas something that I think is so important. It's not in our notes right here today, but he says to them, he says, Blessed are they who have not seen and, and believe. He says, empowered to prosper, Thomas. Uh, he says, you believe now because I'm standing here. He's but, but empowered to prosper are the ones who can believe and don't even get the chance to see what they five senses. And I'm going to say this, and I don't mean this as any slight, but, I, but since we in faith school, we should talk about this. That, you know, um, a lot of the reason that people are hoping and a lot of the reason that people are so fickle in their faith is you simply don't have enough word. Yeah. You have a word deficiency. Like they, they talk about you have a vitamin de deficiency, vitamin D, iron deficiency. I have a calculus deficiency. Come on. I, 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 I've, I've dabbled in some calculus classes, but today I could not do a probably simple calculus problem. I have a calculus deficiency. But I can be taught calculus and then walk it out. The same thing is true with your faith. Absolutely. Just because you may not have a full understanding of how faith works doesn't mean that you can't get your faith loose. And we're going to talk about that in part three. But you can turn. We're going to teach you how to turn your faith loose. And this is so important for those of you who are sitting here and you're having aha moments. It is great That's that you great. It's great that you yeah. have the aha moment. Now what you immediately need to do is get in faith and say I walk by faith. I walk by faith. And this is not the and this is the response. In the in the world when someone messes up we want them to keep explaining to us how they know they messed up. Mm -hmm. In the kingdom we want you to change your posture. Oh, I just realized I was off. I just realized I was hoping. I just realized this, but I'm a person of great faith and I walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. Why? Because if I continue to say my faith doesn't work, if I continue to say I don't know how to walk by faith, that is going to be the reality I'm going to continue to manifest. Because the Bible tells us that we will live or we will die by the words that come out of our mouth. That's what the Bible say. Number four. Faith is not manifestation. Mm. Now, let me mess with some of y'all. 
manifestation, hear me. One of the things you have to really be careful about is that a lot of times people use the same language. If we are to take any of the hundreds of religions, they are all going to use a term called God. They are all going to use a term called faith. How many of you know they do not mean the same thing? Mm -hmm. So there is nothing wrong with the word manifestation, but it is critical that we understand when someone is talking about manifestation, who is their source? Manifestation is a new age teaching where spiritual principles and powers are used without the acknowledgement of Jesus Christ. You ought to write that down. Manifestation is a new age teaching where the spiritual principles and powers are used without the acknowledgement of Jesus as Lord. These new age principles say, I can create this through my words, desires, belief, and action, not because it's God's will, but because I want it. Yep. And remember, if you go back to our definition, this flies in the face of that definition. This idea that I can use my words to create whatever I want to get what I need and do what I want to do flies in the face of this definition on your screen that says faith is a supernatural force, belief or power from God given to the believer to bring God's will to pass in the earth. If you if you look at it and I know we talk about when something manifests in our life. Yes, manifestation by definition is the idea of something appearing. Yes. But when they talk about manifestation, they're talking about you in your own person, in your own ability, aside from God, having the ability to use your word to create things to come to pass in your life because you want them, not because it's the will of God. And it's so and important. That's the big difference. It's so important to understand this manifestation in the new age principles is rebellion. Yeah. It is rebellion, it is witchcraft, and it is disobedience. Because what it says is, I want the principles and power of Christ without Jesus. Mm -hmm. I do not want Jesus, but I want the power. Because I don't want to have to submit. I don't want In to submit. In order for my faith to work, I must be submitted to the Lord. Yes. I don't want to be submitted to the Lord, but I still want what I want. I want what I want. Yes. And so how can I get what I want? Yes without being submitted. And that is why manifestation apart from faith, it is, it, it is witchcraft because it is the use of spiritual principles apart from Jesus. And I want to say not God, because a lot of people say God, from Jesus Christ. It, it is from Jesus Christ. Pretty much every person I know who operated some kind of witch, some kind of whatever, believe in God and a higher power. The distinction for the Christian is we believe that everything God has made available to us, it is available through Jesus through, the Christ. Through Jesus, through Jesus Christ the himself. Christ. Yes. Through Jesus Christ. And I really want to encourage y'all because there is a huge increase of people, of frustrated believers who, because they do not understand the foundations of faith, are now playing with new age principles and witchcraft. Let me give you an example. You're frustrated because you didn't get a husband and you thought you would have a husband by now. 
and you're 38 and you don't have a husband. So people start talking to you about you need to learn how to manifest a husband. You need to learn how to do some good magic. You need to learn to be a good witch, a white witch, some spells. That is witchcraft. Everything we receive, we receive through Jesus Christ. Yes. And, and, and part of that understanding is, yes, they are frustrated. But they're not just frustrated because they don't know faith. They're actually frustrated because they don't want to do the thing that would cause their faith to work, which is submit to Jesus Christ. Well, amen. And so what people have figured out is I can it's you said it on the way to churches when we were talking. You said it is easier and more profitable in the natural for me to, to for me to mix a little faith with a little Christianity with a little spirituality and all this other stuff. So I get a hodgepodge of stuff that makes people feel good. But 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 what the thing that, that, that people rebel against is the thing that's in our human nature that we rebel against is the idea that we have to submit to somebody, yes. especially to Jesus Christ, to Jesus Christ. The, the enemy hates it. It is is naturally inbred in our flesh to rebel. The Bible says our flesh is enmity against God. So it is in our flesh to want to rebel against God. So if I can get the things of God without submitting to God. That feels good to my flesh. That is more palatable people, and that is what people are running to. The reason people get irritated with us sometimes is because we say, no, you can have whatever God has promised you, but even then, you got to submit to him to get it. You, If you don't submit to God, that you don't do anything in faith. Everything you get is outside of faith. Well, and so you even see this now that people want love without Jesus. Yes. They want to define their own definition yes. of love. They want to say, oh, well, I can, no, love is love. No, love is not love because God is love. So he gets to define love. Mm. What, what we want to do as fleshly beings who have been born into corruption is we want heaven without Jesus. We want heaven on earth. We want to marry who we want to marry. We want to work where we want to work. We want to live how we want to live. We want to do what we want to do. And we want to do it without Jesus. And here's the challenge for a lot of believers who really live in that mixture. You get in a relationship that God told you not to be in. And then when the when when you getting beat upside the head, when they taking your money, when they taking you down through there, then you want to use faith in order to turn it around, except you cannot use faith for anything other than the will of God. Very simply, the old folks used to say, God ain't going to bless your mess. Mm. You can't use faith to bless your mess. Right. So this is so important. I think we're at a good stopping point. Yep. I think we're at a good stopping point. We'll recap these four for you just so you understand. Well, let's, let's look at our definition one more time. Let's look at our definition one more time to make sure that oh, we are I all love what Kedra said. working on. on the same definition. Go Kedra ahead. Kedra getting set free up in here. We'll put up Kedra's comment. Because he's not the only one. I want Jesus, but I want my version of Jesus. Mm. I want the Jesus that lets me do what I want to do. I want the Jesus that doesn't hold me accountable. I want the Jesus that's going to let me go to heaven, even if I don't believe and do what I'm supposed to do. I want that Jesus. And I, and I think that that is such an important conversation because I think that there are many people 
who have accepted a false Jesus, not Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. They have accepted a Jesus that lets them live the way that they want to live. They have accepted a Jesus that let them sleep with who they want to sleep That's with. That's a reconstructed Jesus. No, they, they, uh, they, they have constructed they a have, Jesus. They have constructed a right, Jesus. Right. And what the Bible would say is what you have actually done is you have followed an antichrist. Mm -hmm. Because what you are actually following, the version of Jesus that you are following is anti-scripture. Mm -hmm. It is anti what God has said. And the truth of it is, is that this is one of the reasons that Pastor Edwin and I are always making the call for repentance, right? Because it is so important that we don't configure a Jesus that fulfills our flesh. Mm -hmm. Because the Jesus that fulfills your flesh may let you have a lot of fun on earth, but your eternity ain't going to end well. And I think people have to redefine what fun is. Um, I have a lot of fun. And I love Jesus. I have a lot of fun, um, too. And so I think, I think the idea the enemy wants to create in people's minds that if you live for God, you can't have fun. Yeah, lots of fun. Uh, what, what, I think the enemy wants to create that because then people go, oh, my God, well, I don't want to have to just be bored and don't have no fun and da-da-da. Listen, if you get reintroduced to who you really are and allow Christ to reintroduce you to yourself, your definition of fun uh, changes. And it's about it's again. I, I'm going to keep saying this throughout this whole entire series. It's about submission. Submission. It's about submission. If you don't submit your life to the lordship of Jesus Christ, I don't care how well you can articulate this message we're teaching. You can come and teach this message around the world. It will not produce for you. You'll go and preach this around the world when other people are here and submit to the Lord and everything in their life will turn around and you will be just as miserable and pitiful as you are today if you do not submit your life to Jesus Christ. Are you submitted to the Lord Jesus Christ? Now let's pull up our definition and then we're going to get ready to get out of here. But I hope y'all are getting something from these faith fundamentals. Faith is a supernatural force, belief and power from God given to the believer to bring the will of God into the earth. So what we understand is that when I am trying to use these principles for something that is not the will of God, I am not in biblical faith. If I was teaching this to a fifth grade class, because I used to teach fifth grade. Come on, talk to If us. I was teaching this to a fifth grade class, I would ask them this question. What is faith? They would have to give me a one word answer. What is faith? Supernatural. I would ask them the next question. Who does it come from? They have to give me a one word answer. God. I say, who did it belong for? Who, who, who is it for? They have to give me a one word answer. Us. Us. Believers. Or the believer. Mm -hmm. And then and what is it for? To bring God's will to pass in the earth. If, if, you, you, if you don't understand those pieces to this definition, make it your, uh, make it your goal this week. That when we show up next week, if we don't even have this on the screen and we ask you what it is, and I'm less concerned about you getting every single word right. I'm more concerned about you understanding it rather than you being able to regurgitate it. But what is faith? It is the supernatural power of God. It comes from God. It's supernatural. It comes from God. It's for me. And it's to get God's will and his, his will into this earth. If you got to understand that if you don't, everything else you build on top of is going is to be rocky. Oh, this is good. This is good. So what is faith, guys? Supernatural. Where does it come from? God. Who is it for? Us. What's its purpose? To the will of God. God's will to pass in the earth. The will to bring God's will to pass in the earth. Oh, goodness. Now, so we know what faith is. Y'all tell us what is faith. What is faith? What is faith not? 
Put in the comments. Tell us what faith is not. We told you four things faith is not. Faith is not hope. I know y'all. Yeah, I know y'all, y'all a few seconds behind. But let's walk through it. Somebody Come on. Just said, faith faith is, not, is not hope. Faith is not manifestation. Faith is not manifestation. Faith is not what? Mental assent. That's right. Faith is not mental assent. And faith is not what? It was four of them. One of my favorite ones to Your say all the time. Your favorite one. It's not, it's not sense, realm, realm knowledge. knowledge, or human faith. Doubting Thomas. Just If you want to remember that, don't be like, they used to teach us that all the time in the coaching church. Don't be like Doubting Thomas. I don't even say his name without say Doubting. They don't even say that in the Bible. <laughs> but I call him Doubting Thomas all the time. Why? Because he used human faith. Everything was about his five senses. He had to touch and place and, and, and feel. And or he said, Oh, I will not believe. So put this in the comments. I choose to believe God. I choose to walk by faith. I choose to believe God and I choose, choose to, to walk, walk by, by faith. faith. I choose to believe God and I choose to walk by faith. Now I know that many, some of you may have some place to go, but some of you don't have no place to go but brunch. So as we get ready to give this morning, if you want to rededicate your life, here's a great opportunity to do that. But I want to know in the comments two things. One, what is your biggest takeaway from today's lesson? And two, does anybody have any questions? Hear what I'm about to say based on what we have taught so far, not what we are going to teach. Because the other things we didn't get into today, remember when we started this, we said there were three things we were going to talk about. What faith is, how do we develop faith? And then how do we use our faith or how do we turn our faith loose? We ain't got to two and three. Yet. We didn't get to two or three. So just under question one, what, what is your is biggest takeaway? Faith? And do you have any questions about one? If you want to give today, and I know you do because you are giving people, you can use Giveify, PushPay, Tithely, or Text to Give. And if you are an international partner, you can use PayPal at FOCChurchNWA at Gmail. And don't forget, Saturday starts our scholarship. scholarship. Those of you who are praying this week, who's ever praying this week, whether you're praying on Sunday, you're praying on Tuesday or Thursday or Wednesday or Friday morning, who's ever praying, Please remember to mention the scholarship starts on Saturday. And if you just can't wait and you just want to give your scholarship seat today, that's fine too. Just make sure that you, you when you when you give on any of the giving platforms, you choose scholarship. And you can choose scholarship or James A. Young Memorial. Both of those are in the same line item. So just give to the scholarship this week, Saturday, and then we'll get some information out there that you're going to get a chance to share. Clarissa is working on uh, a really nice video that I think is going to be uh, Let's go, a, a, appropriate to show everybody what we've been doing since we started the scholarship program. So. Okay, so whatever I meditate on grows. Faith is the reality of God that changes natural facts. The fundamental order and application of faith matters. I must learn to balance the faith equation. Come on, mm. I must learn to balance the faith equation. That's really good. Does anybody have any questions as we get ready to go around number one? Somebody said, I learned how hope is used in conjunction with faith. Very That's good. good. Yeah, because they are, I call them wonder twins. All right, you got work to do. Yep. Let me tell you what I would do if I were you. If I were you, 
I think you mean a working definition. She said my biggest takeaway is having a working definition of what faith is. Mm -hmm. She meant working. Yes. Faith is based on fact. It's not based on facts. It's based on what Jesus said. That's good. All yeah. right. Let me tell you what I think, what I would do if I were you. What I would do if I were you is I would just kind of mull over this. Yep. I would just kind of mull over this. I would go back over my notes. Make sure I knew my definition. I'd make sure I knew my <laughs> definition. Then let me tell you what I would do tomorrow or Tuesday. I would listen to this message again, and I would start with a fresh sheet of paper yep. again. I would start with a fresh sheet of paper again, and then I would put those two sheets of paper again together to see how it's working. And I would do that a couple more times before Sunday. Because when we talk to you about how we're spending time in the Word, that's what we mean. We're going to read the notes. We're going to, we're going to, listen, let me tell you something. Every single time you ought to open up your Bible or open up your app and, eat, and, and read Hebrews 1. Because faith does not come from hearing what the Strickland say. Faith comes from the Word. Because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the Word of God. So you can't, you, you can't over-exhaust the amount of times you are in the Word. The more you're in the Word, the more solidified you become at the assurity of God's word, which in essence increases the fortitude of your faith. It doesn't give you more, but it, 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 it's, it's like it's like we don't have more bones, but some people have stronger bones than other people because of what has been fortified with. And so reading the word fortifies when it says the Lord has given us the measure of faith, reading his word fortifies that measure. That's really good. All right. We are believing God. I want you to make this confession when we leave. Uh, as we leave, I want you to say, I am a believer. I believe the word of God and the word of God works in my life. In Jesus name. Amen. amen. I am a believer. I am a believer. I believe the word of God. I believe the word of God and the word of God works in my life. And the word of God. Can I say this? Always, works, always works in my life. Always works in my life. I am a believer. I am a believer. I believe the word of God. I believe the word of God. And the word of God. And the word of God. Always works. Always works. In my life. In my life. I am a believer. I am a believer. I believe the word and of I God. I believe the word of God with all my heart. And the word of God. <laughs> and the word of God. Always. It always. Works in my without life. Without fail works in my life. Yes. All right. We love you guys so much. Stay tuned for Faith Fundamentals. You need to get somebody else to watch this. This is what all the teaching through the week is what I'm going to be teaching about on strategies for success. It's what Marlo's going to be teaching about. We're going to bring everybody into alignment because we can't move forward with the people who don't understand the order of operations of faith. So we're moving forward. Our faith works. We're going forward. And most importantly, we are living submitted to the Lord Jesus Christ. We are living submitted. We are living submitted to the Lord Jesus submitted Christ. submitted to the Lord Jesus Christ. And listen, don't forget to join us on today at, at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time for another opportunity to come together corporately and to pray together as we complete our solemn surrender fast for June of 2023. Kedron, text me what you mean. All right. We love y'all. Y'all have a great day. God bless.